Are you ready to perform at your highest potential? Welcome to the Performance Matters Podcast from GP Strategies. In each episode, we'll interview industry experts, exploring best practices and innovative insights to help you and your organization improve performance. I'm your host, Jeremy Shear. Our guest is Kimo Kippen, founder of Aloha Learning Advisors and a GP Strategies Advisory Board member. Kimo, thank you for joining us. My pleasure. Great to be with you. Thank you. You're welcome. So tell us a little bit about yourself and about your career. Yeah, just very quickly, I have a great deal of passion around the space of learning and education. More importantly, around how do we create greater access to learning and education. So I have spent pretty much my entire career um, in that space, being responsible for the learning function at both Marriott International and Hilton. So I've spent my whole career in the hospitality sector. And after, since leaving my corporate roles, I have now really have spent the majority of my time focused on exactly that, creating greater access to learning and education in a variety of different ways in supporting organizations and not-for-profit organizations in an effort to do so. Mm-hmm. Now, as we were talking about just before we started recording, you you grew up in Hawaii. Yeah. And of course, totally. Hawaii is a major tourist destination, of course, and tourism is a big part of the economy. Did that influence at all your interest in the hospitality industry? Uh, yeah, I think initially I would say, number one, this notion of what hospitality means in particular relation to Hawaii. So it's I would say it's in the water or in this case, it's in my DNA, this mm-hmm. notion of hospitality. And my whole, if you will, raison d'etre, my purpose, if you will, also is to really to know significant and unconditional love. Um, and I'm blessed to have that. And part of that is expressed through this notion of what we call the aloha spirit or that of aloha. And if you were to uh, break out that word into its two syllables, aloha and ha, aloha means actually to give and ha means life. So when you say mm-hmm. aloha, What you're actually saying to another person is, I give you my life. I give you my life's energy and spirit. And to be of aloha or to have that sense of that aloha spirit is something that I strive for and aspire for on a daily basis. Oh, that's great. That's really nice. I did not know that. I bet most of our listeners just thought aloha meant, you know, hello. Yeah. Well, it kind of does. Absolutely means mm-hmm. that. Um, but if but the deeper meaning, if you will, and aloha has many meanings. It means can mean mm. hello, goodbye, I love you, and so there's many meanings to it. But that's really that's really in essence what the word actually means. And more importantly, what I think for those of us that are from the islands, what we really want to celebrate, recognize, and appreciate and value is really its meaning of that spirit of aloha which really has to do with that notion of kindness, generosity of spirit, appreciation for the aina, which is for the land, all its natural resources and beauty, which give Hawaii, which makes Hawaii, it makes Hawaii special. And of course, it's people and culture. Okay, well, in that lovely spirit, let's get into the topic of the podcast, which is tying innovation to purpose. So as businesses face increasing pressure to become more innovative, why is purpose such an important part of that? Yeah, I think as organizations to continue to evolve, there's probably nothing more important to a business and to its commercial value than that of its purpose. One that is clearly communicated in terms of its value proposition to the marketplace, as well as its value proposition and value brand proposition, both to the consumer, its customers, as 
and very importantly, to all of its team members, employees, or associates. Mm -hmm. So now, many, many companies are trying to innovate in all sorts of ways. So what is it that sets some companies apart when it comes to innovation? What are they doing right? Yeah, I think, first of all, when it comes to purpose, I think having that clearly defined um, I can tell you in the companies that I've had the pleasure of working with, they, they give a lot of thoughtful attention to really then what does purpose mean within that organization to mm-hmm. further tease that out. What are the important values or the underpinning values that would then bring what that purpose is to life? How does that manifest itself in terms of its product and its service? And of course, all of its people and probably most importantly, all of its leadership. So you'll see that emanate, I think, from that starts, I think, from the top of the organization and is held by every person within the organization. I think what differentiates, to answer your question, what differentiate those companies from that really have been able to demonstrate that is their ability to walk the talk. And clearly that what you are presenting to, in this case, employees is a value proposition that's attached to these, again, to their values, their underpinning values as a company, all linked back to purpose, that help, the in this case, the employee in giving them guidance in a way to respond that is reflective of the purpose of the organization. That sounds really important. Let's talk a little bit about what's at stake here, because it sounds like If you don't tie innovation to purpose, as you've just explained, it can go wrong. How so? Like what's at stake when you initiate innovation, which can be very disruptive, but you haven't done the work to tie it to that underlying purpose? What can happen? Yeah. I think first of all, to keep in mind is that you have to understand that, you know, change is constant and we're always having to adjust to be adaptable and flexible and nimble. So I think having this underpinning understanding of, you know, really the values of the organization, what is the vision and the mission of the organization, having the clear understanding of those values then creates a set of guidelines or guideposts or helping you to be able to make a decision because intuitively and as well as from a behavioral standpoint, you kind of understand what's important and what are the values of the organization. And then that gives you a way in which to behave, to make decisions, which you're totally empowered to do, to act on behalf of the company. Those companies that don't do that well, um, I think what's at risk is, again, their brand, their brand value proposition. But it would be a quick example that I would give you from a service perspective is that In the service industry, every moment is a moment of truth. Every moment is dependent upon the situation and the person that's handling that situation and the customer that's asking for assistance. And that can, again, can be happening in person, virtually, in any form of media, by the way. So how one responds in that moment at whatever level in the organization, obviously is reflective upon the brand of the organization So, you know, having that ability, that knowledge around purpose, our vision, our values, again, helps one to be able to respond in a way that is authentic, genuine, sincere, competent, 
and being able to answer, you know, to meet that guest need at that given moment. Mm -hmm. So now you've worked with hundreds of companies. Where do you see innovation happening? Are there certain elements of business or aspects of a company where you see innovation these days where there's a lot of focus there? Yeah, I think innovation, by the way, I like to think of it in the broadest terms. And innovation mm -hmm. is can be what you would call, you know, a, a, a big event or a major disruptor or breakthrough. But it mm -hmm. could also be in the most smallest ways of innovation. And I think about, you know, we all, all of us within any organization, play an important part of being able to have that, what I call that innovation mindset, that entrepreneurial mindset, that, you know, I am a representative, I am part of the company, I am part of this organization, and that I um, am empowered to make these recommendations, suggestions, to do the, some of the smallest, what I would call improvements to a particular process that would then make that process better. And ultimately, in this case, you know, serving serving our customers. So mm -hmm. I think what I'm trying to say is that innovation can happen at the smallest and and just a, it could be a simple nudge to something that could be completely and could be a large innovation, a breakthrough in a product or a service that could also be a major disruptor or an enhancer uh, for that company. Absolutely. Give us a specific example of what you're talking about, if you can, with a company you've worked with. What's a, like a real yeah, life so one, example I, of how this plays out? So one playing it, I would say that was a, a, a breakthrough. I can give you some examples uh, mm -hmm. that that I that I would cite. Some that I have that I'm that I'm sure that you're aware of as well that I can relate to. Okay. Uh, one would be Disney, uh, as you know, Disney. I think does also an amazing job of being able to communicate their value proposition. And again, what they're focused on both to their customers, to their guests, as well as to their employees is really at essence, it's about creating what is that special experience. Mm -hmm. So, you know, Disney, by the way, had invested a great deal of, of, in fact, they're evolving as we speak about this, but they currently have these wristbands that they present to their guests that allow them to be able to have complete access to the park um, in a very simple and easy way to access all aspects of their of their parks. Those are given to you um, upon your registration or upon your revisit to the park um, mm -hmm. that allows you again to have complete access. What it also provides to them is, and that could also be connected to your app as a personal app as I'm walking through the park, but it would help you to maybe you know, to have awareness of, again, creating a better customer experience to say, oh, as a matter of fact, this ride is now, there's not a long line at this ride. You might want to go there right now, um, making it, again, easy and access. And of course, when you make any purchases, when you, when you go anywhere in the park, they also have, they're able to, in essence, track you. And of course, you can imagine from a Disney perspective, they're able to have a great deal of data. Um, mm -hmm. which also would then can also, in, again, all in focus of how do they create a better customer experience and also for the safety and for the care of their customers. So um, mm -hmm. I do know, for example, that they can, again, regulate. They have a sense of regulating where crowds may be. They have a sense of who's entering. If you're staying at a Disney hotel, for example, you, you know, it's tracking where you are at the park or it's tracking where you are about to check in your room and, or you can again simply use your band to be able to get access into your guest room as well 
In a similar fashion, I can tell you um, what's been made available with other hospitality companies is the ability to make one's reservation using their app Mm -hmm. and then being able to completely, if you will, check in, you make your reservation on your app, then simply go to be able to pick your individual guest room and then be able to go directly to your guest room and avoid having to go to the front desk to Mm. check in, to go directly to your guest room and gain access to your guest room. Those types of breakthroughs uh, are are significant. Uh, Another example I would give you would be, of course, the airline industry. Um, I was just in Paris last week and Air France has just recently, you know, redesigned their entire check-in process uh, with you handling your bags personally, getting your ticket, getting your boarding pass, everything without having to talk to an agent um, that Mm. makes all of that happen. Again, I think we'll continue to see how do we create frictionless experiences for customers to make that um, so that that can be done completely independently without another individual having to support them. And of course, um, this is what's also important, uh, there may be those customers that that don't want to necessarily to have a, if you will, may not want to have a contact experience with a, a service provider. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so they may want to do this whole thing with a person. And that, of course, is possible as well. So I think what's important there to keep in mind is that we have to be able to provide solutions that meet all types of customers, their needs, and being able to respond to them um, using the appropriate media or technical solutions or not to be able to meet their guest needs. Okay. Those are really interesting examples and they actually lead me to the next question because a lot of those examples are about, as you just described, smoothing out the experience so you you don't necessarily have to interact with person at the front desk or you can just kind of smoothly go on your way. In some instances, though, that kind of thing can be very annoying. And I'm thinking specifically of this is not a new innovation at all, but I bet many of our listeners know exactly what I'm talking about. You call a a company for customer service. Instead of getting a person, you you get like a phone tree. And you're spending yes. 10 minutes just pushing buttons, which can be hugely annoying. So yeah. it seems like there, there can be – there's sort of a risk here because so much of innovation today is focused on digital disruptions you know, with yes. bots and sort of taking the human element out of it. Yes. it, it does, doesn't it seem like you can go too far in that direction and things become too impersonal? And h- how do you balance that? Because surely in some instances, people just want to deal with a person, with a human being. Yeah, I, I would agree. And again, I, I think every individual might require a different need. So um, I, too, have gotten very frustrated when I'm calling in to a service line or something and I have to go through that complete um, automated chatbot tree in order to get to a person. Yeah, I think we always have to keep in mind, again, what the customer wants. So I think we have to look at ways of how do you provide that. So the quick answer to your good example would be, is there a way to opt out from that? Or that, you know, you could say, you know, or if you prefer just, you know, to speak to to, an, uh, to a service representative, you know, press zero. Uh, would, and many companies have already made that transition. Or they give you a quick explanation as to say, what we need your assistance on is to verify 
who you are in order to expedite this call. And there, of course, there are prompts to be able to do that. And there, of course, Mm -hmm. there are companies and call centers that have already enabled that capability through, for example, voice recognition that I'm now quickly able to call in. It recognizes my voice. I've set my voice as my security password my password, and it's able to expedite me directly to a service representative. Right. Okay. So another important element here seems to be, and this is going back to the beginning of the discussion, that for innovation to be really effective, it has to be tied to purpose. And, and you know, you talked about sort of the values of the company, but part of that purpose obviously also has to be the customer, right? Who, who is it that you're catering to? What are their needs? What do they really want? What sort of innovation is actually going to make it a better experience for whoever they are, right? Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. I think what's when we talk about purpose and we link that to innovation, uh, maybe to get underneath this a little bit more would be to state, so so why, what's really, what, what's underneath that connection? Why is that important? Mm-hmm. And I think why purpose is so important to innovation is that it helps to align, I think that being the key word, mm-hmm. that it helps to align, you know, at every level in the organization as to why we're here, you know, as to, again, what is my raison d'etre? And then being able to, you know, again, to assist people to performing well in their job. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, I, I can think of uh, an example, if I can throw an, an example in, if, of innovation that I think is just works really beautifully. So I recently um, got a new car, leasing a new car. I went from driving an old Honda Civic, like more than 20 years old, to getting a brand new Honda Civic. And it's like, you know, in 20 years, uh, automotive innovation has just been amazing, evidently, as I'm finding out. And one of the innovations that, and I did not think this would be a big deal at all, is the keyless stuff, you know, keyless entry, starting the car without having to take your key out, just pushing a button. Remember, someone mm-hmm. told me, yeah, you're going you're gonna to want that. And I was like, oh, really? I, you know, who cares? It's just a key. But now that I have it, it's almost impossible to imagine going back. And now that yeah. we're talking about this, I'm thinking, wow, at some point in Honda, someone in charge of that stuff was like, let's innovate around the key. You know, what, mm-hmm. what's something that a lot of people kind of struggle with? Losing your keys, having to fumble and take your keys out when it's cold, so on and so forth. And mm-hmm. boy, that was a good call. And it really makes a big difference in the, in the driving experience. Yeah, I mean, you can take that example and perhaps maybe this could be almost going in some cases too far, but we already know, for example, that retina scans are something that are, you know, I I go to this one building that I go to often uh, and uh, the way that I enter the building is through a retina scan. Uh, And, you know, that grants me easy access. As you can, you probably know this, but there are already many pilots that are already in place taking with being able to install digital chips just underneath your index finger that would allow you. um, And again, for some people, this might sound a little creepy, uh, but again, it would have all of your pertinent information. And again, it would be seamless Uh, and it would allow you to have instant access and verification into any place of which that has been wired for. Wow. Does that already exist? Yeah, it does. And then, you know, I can give you examples of, you know, in the hotel industry where I come from, Mm -hmm. there's, 
you think about there's already eight hotels that exist, for example, in Japan, where the hotel, the entire hotel is robotic and you mm. do not, you know, you don't, there's not a person that you're speaking to, but the whole experience. And again, some people might think that that's a little creepy in terms of robotics, where I think this is all going, you know, you might have heard of the example of Sophia. She's already a citizen. You might just want to, you can just Google her. Um, mm-hmm. But her, she is a citizen of the kingdom of Saudi Arabia. She's actually a citizen. And, you know, the innovation and the technology and through artificial intelligence uh, and machine learning is moving so quickly that, uh, again, those enhancements, you know, machine learning is taking place all the time, uh, further illustrated by, of course, IBM Watson, mm-hmm. that, you know, these, ro- these robots are learning so quickly that again can assist you in in things that are again are scalable and repeatable. Making again, how do we make your life, you know, to have a less friction, to have a frictionless experience? Mm-hmm. And I, th- I think we're seeing this everywhere, you know, especially in yeah. our phones, right? Some of the most innovative products on the planet. Just more Absolutely. and more, you 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 have to touch your phone less and less. You can just talk to it and Absolutely. tell it to do things or ask it questions and and so on. Uh, I mean, for those of you that use, you know, Alexa or use, I, I'm a, I'm a kind of big fan of Google, and I have mm-hmm. my house completely, my home is wired for that, and I use it all the time to ask the simplest questions um, that assist me right in the moment to be able to gain and get that information. And I think what's exciting about all of this is, is that it's constantly learning about me. Uh, and and then, of course, I pick the tone of voice, like when I use the OK Google, I use a British accents to respond. Um, mm-hmm. But again, all of those things are customizable to a unit of one. And that's where it's all going, that these the innovation that we're talking through is. And this is where I think there's so much opportunity is because all that will be all that, again, will be enabled by technology, leading that to happen at a unit of one, which is completely customizable to you. Yeah. I mean, Google is a fascinating example, right? Uh, because right from the start, I mean, that's a company that just started innovating right out of the box with a search engine. But they've also had missteps. Like Google Glass was supposed to be Absolutely. this huge thing, and then it totally bombed. Because it I totally think when we look, by the way, it was just announced um, earlier this week. I was reading that it's back. Oh, um, really? so Google Glasses are back, and it's been they licked their wounds and they mm. have recovered. And supposedly their next version of this solution is seems to be working well. I'm also aware that um, some organizations that I work with, uh, for example, in the the oil industry, where mm. the example that I want to give you is that a person is working, you know, at a drill site in the middle of the ocean. Uh, and encounters a situation with their glasses, they're able to be able to go right in while they're in the flow. That's what's important. While they're in their work, they are able to, you know, cite what the challenge is. They can get expert advice on this. They can be able to get training and support on that. They could talk to a coach Mm. um, in real time. So rather than having to send a technician, the other example that I would give you is the elevator industry. Uh, we were talking to an elevator company and, you know, they, they were talking about, you know, that there's a few people that have, have a, a level of expertise to answer this one particular problem. And they were able to get that person like on the phone at that moment to be able to solve that problem with that specific part of machinery for the elevator and, to ha- and for the technician on site 
to be able to fix that um, on site versus, again, having to wait Mm -hmm. and wait and wait for, you know, a a subject matter expert to come out. This opens Mm -hmm. up, I think, an entire thinking differently about talent. uh, And it, I think what it allows us to do is to hire and to have someone that could be, uh, again, in that role, may not have 30 years of experience, may have actual less experience or knowledge, but we could probably get them on the job performing sooner, faster, because they have this, what I call inflow support, coaching, learning, education at that moment, at that given time, so that they can perform the job. And then it is through that actual experience that they're learning and that it also speeds up the pace at which people are learning. So the underpinning for all of this for me is that what we need to start, a shift that we need to think about is really what we're hiring for is really now more also around mindset Mm-hmm. And having this notion around agility, flexibility, being able to learn, lifelong learning, being able to learn in the moment, because those skills could actually be trained or provided to you and that coaching provided to you in the moment to be able to perform that job. Now, I think we have to keep this all in perspective. Like if I was, you know, I had a heart attack right now, I wouldn't want someone who's never picked up a scalpel, even though they may have Google, you know, have a pair of glasses that they're using to support that. There has to be requisite knowledge. And again, and at the same time, I think you have to keep this in balance with if if a heart surgeon, you know, were to be operating me, I would want to make sure that they're competent to be able to do this. Sure. And I think it's through these types of machine learning and learning that's taking place in flow or in work process again, is what's going to differentiate those organizations for the future to be able to be more nimble, faster to be able to solve a challenge. Okay. So all of this is so fascinating. And of course, within the context of any organization, innovation has to come from the top down. So what role does leadership play in all of this? Yeah, I think at at the key, this is another thing that I think is just so critical, and that is leadership. And Mm. Uh, where where I go on the leadership discussion, that there's probably nothing more important than leadership, mm-hmm. nothing more important than leadership. So I think if if I had and and by the way, I think of leadership at every level, not just reserved for the top you know two or five percent of the organization. That this mm-hmm. is something again linking leadership back to purpose is what it's about. So in large organizations, every leader that is responsible for again another person, it's critical that they have at their core, they have an essence or understanding of what it means to be a leader, that every person deserves a good leader, and the values and how that links back again to the purpose and values of the organization and how their behavior every day through every interaction matters. Absolutely. Well, we could go on and on, really. This is such a rich topic, but for the sake of our listeners and for you too, Kimo, who might have other things to do at some point in your life, (laughs) we should probably try to sum it up. So what are two or three takeaways that you want our listeners to take away from this discussion? Yeah, I would, again, I would want to encourage people to think at the most strategic level and where I would want people to think about and what they have the greatest influence around is mindset. 
uh, and that you know, I, I and I, I go back to some of the work that Carol Dewick has has done and talks about this. You probably have heard of it, having that growth mindset. Uh, so, how do we develop that with ourselves as individuals, and up to including, of course, myself, as well as how do we create greater capacity and capability within the organization, all focused around this notion of having a growth mindset and agility and the ability to learn. So I think for the future, speed will be the new currency. So therefore, having people that have this growth mindset that are able to adapt, to adjust at, in the moment, um, I think will differentiate those organizations from others. The other thing that I would hope for is that we create a more meaningful connection between people and work. And that work, I think about, you know, work is a demonstration of what I referred to initially of our call, and that is love. And so that if you are doing something, again, that you truly love to do, then you're not working a day in your life. Uh, and truly that mm. what, you're, what you're doing is you're living an expression of love and the way that it manifests itself in this case is through what you, one would call work. Um, and we have the opportunity and the ability to lead and to create organizations that demonstrate that on a daily basis. And the last thing I would think I would want to leave you with is this notion of what I call a paying it forward, that, you know, that we all have this commitment to pay it forward, first of all, to our colleagues, to our friends, to our neighbors, to our communities, and also very importantly, to our earth, to the precious resources that we have for the world. And that goes back, of course, to sustainability and that how are we going to preserve, you know, our world, our resources for future generations to come. And by the way, all of this is linked to where I started my conversation, which is through greater act through all of this is possible through having greater access to learning and education, mm. because that's what will differentiate us for the future is through that we will be able to change the lives of one individual not, and again, change the lives of that one generation, but will change the lives of generations to come through greater access to learning and education. Absolutely. You, you Just quickly, you mentioned um, Carol DeWick. Is that right? Yes, Carol DeWick in her, in her book called The Growth Mindset. Okay. I just wanted to clarify that for listeners who may not be uh, fami familiar with that. And maybe we can put some information about that on the uh, podcast website. Well, Kimo, thank you so much for a, a really fascinating conversation, and thank you for your time. My, absolutely my pleasure. Thank you to you both. And I think we should end this podcast by saying to each other, aloha. Aloha. Absolutely. The Performance Matters Podcast is brought to you by GP Strategies. Together, we can create a world where business excellence makes possibilities achievable. You can subscribe to the show anywhere you get podcasts and listen on our website at gpstrategies.com slash podcasts.